This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14 says this. All right, then. I love this translation. All right, then. Anybody, does God have to talk to you like that? All right, then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You know, it's that time of year. There's lights on the trees for most of you. If you're lucky, there's cookies in the oven. Clark Griswold's all over television. And everybody is trying to find the Christmas spirit. But what are we really celebrating? What are we really talking about? We're talking about an event that probably didn't even happen this time of year. And we look at a scripture like this that says, uh, a virgin shall conceive and how miraculous that is. And, And as miraculous as that is, we miss the miracle in the statement. We see the earthly means and we miss the significance of the spiritual uh, gift that is given. We see the fact that there is a virgin conceiving, totally impossible to man. And too many times we focus on the fact that the impossible occurs. But yet, something is greater in this passage. Something is greater that it would be given to us a son and that we would call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. 700 years later, they would, the angel would appear to Mary and say, you're going to conceive, and, and then she, she's given a name, and, and, and Joseph is given a name, and so they name him, they call him Jesus, but as it were, this nickname follows him that he will be Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1, 23 says it this way, repeats it again. The virgin will conceive. Notice this, this is how the first description uh, Matthew gives about Jesus. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they shall call him. Here's the description. He would be God with us. Of all of the names that God has in Scripture, 1,001 names in Scripture that are attributed to God, there's only one name that is distinctly uh, uh, characteristics of the Son. And that name, the characteristic of the Son, we find here in this moment that He is Emmanuel, God with us. See, the beauty of that word with is a, it's a powerful notion. I don't know if we realize all that it implies, all that the togetherness of that means about the presence of God in our lives. And if we could take a step back from all of this this tradition of the world, I think that we could see past the glimmer and the glitter and realize the beauty of the fire of God that is with us. Now let me make a case for that briefly. When you have a major event or celebration 
You get a moment, just those moments I thought about this last year as Christina had a significant moment and we thought about all the people we wanted to have there with us and and we were given X amount of tickets and that's all you could have. And so we had to to whittle that down to the significance of of that moment was, was, uh, okay, parents and children and and then then the inspiration for the journey. We had to take a moment and, and, and when you take a moment to consider those things, the fact that they said, yes, we'll be there with you has even so much more meaning. See, being able to say, essentially, God with us is God's way of saying, I'll be there. I'll be there when you're in trouble. I'll be there when you're in some kind of a fight for your life. And, and you know, sort of like when your friend says, I've got your back. I'm there. I'm here. When you're going through a trial or a tribulation, I'm there. Those moments, and, and, and Pastor Dan, would you help me for, for just a moment this, this morning? Those moments that say, I'll be there. I told this to you back several months ago, but if you'll stand right there for me. I, I, I ran into a friend, someone that attends our church here, and they had had, had a physical accident, and you could tell that they, 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 they looked like they'd been through it. They're, they're limping, they're sore, they're, they're going through uh, uh, the pain of the next day after an accident. There's, 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 there's all kind of uh, emotions running through them. They've not been treated respectfully at the point of the accident. Uh, there was questions of fault and all these kind of things that were going to be going on. And, and, and they're broken. And so God takes me supernaturally. Just keep, I mean, he's like he said, go there. And I'm like, I don't want to go there. And he's like, go there. And I'm like, but I don't want to go there. And he's like, go there. Anybody ever been there? You don't know where there is, but I'm talking about there. Where God says go. And so I, I pull in. I'm like, okay, God, I'm here. And I get out of the truck, and I look over, and here comes my friend limping along, bruised and battered. And the moment they see me, they start crying. And I realize that I'm there because God needed me there because they needed their pastor there. And so I'm standing there, and I'm listening to their story, and they're telling me, Pastor, and people are going to say this about me, and people are going to do this, and Pastor, what should I do? And, and when they finally got to the point that it spilled all their guts, and what should I do, this, is, this, is what, this was my answer. Are you ready for it? Awkward? Pastor Danny's like, uh, personal space? This is my answer. I just stood there. Until the awkwardness fills the room. Imagine the people in this public location were like, what are those guys doing? One of them looks like he's been through a, 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 a meat grinder, and the other one's just kind of, the chubby guy kind of leaning on him. And I'm just standing there, shoulder to shoulder, arm to arm. And he's looking at me going, what should I do? I said, I don't know all your answers, but I know this. When everybody else is talking about you, I'll be right here. When everybody else is believing a lie about you, I'm going to be right here. When everybody else leaves you and forsakes you, if this goes against you, I'm still going to be standing right here. This is where I am. This is what I plan on doing. This is where I started. This is where I am now. This is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be standing right here because this is where I feel like you need right now. You need more than somebody to tell you how to fix everything because, honestly, nobody knows how to fix everything. We don't know how it's going to go. But what you really need to know is that somebody is standing right beside you, and they're not going to forsake you. Can I tell you the beauty of Emmanuel? I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. But God, I failed you. 
I'm here. But God, I failed you again. I'm here. But God, don't you realize I'm broken? Don't you realize I'm here? God keeps telling us over and over again, and we stray away, and all of a sudden we turn back to God, and he goes, I told you, I'm here. I'm here. Thank you, Pastor Danny. You see, for most of us, we don't realize the fact that God is with us. We don't realize the fact that God is here with us because we're looking for something different from God. We're not really wanting to know if God is with us. What we want to know is if God is for us. We're missing a truth. We're missing a beauty. You see, God's comfort does not come through his power. God's comfort comes through his presence. But we're really wanting to know if God is for us. Because if God is for us, then everything's going to work out for my good. And if God is for me, then everybody's going to see I'm right and you're wrong. God, would you please just show them I'm right and you're wrong? They're wrong. Please just show them. I mean, God, like, like my neighbor hates me, God, so can my grass grow and his grass die? I mean... Can, can the person who did me wrong at work, can they not, can they not lose, can they not uh, uh, lose their job, God? I mean, I, mean, I, I, I mean, you can give them another one, but, but at least when they're walking out of here, I can go. See, God's for me. But that's not the way God works. God doesn't take sides against his children. God doesn't take sides. You're going, but there's no way they're God's child. Let me just explain something to you. As much as Jesus died for them, he died for you. And he's wanting to be right there beside them. As a matter of fact, he might want to show them through whatever you're going through how to walk with God instead of looking to God to be for you. And then everything begins to manifest. And they go, oh, I did you wrong, but you stayed the same. I, did, I, I cheated you, and you stayed the same. I lied about you, and you stayed the same. In your consistency, realizing God is with me and if God's with me I had to behave a little bit differently my wife lives in fear of me a lot of the times not personally her me toward her she's just afraid of what I'm going to say when she sends me somewhere in her name did you hear what she just said she's that's so true and so when I walk in somewhere, knowing she was supposed to be the one there, I have to go in on better behavior than normal because I recognize I'm representing her. But ever so often, she's with me on the journey. And I can get away most of the time behaving with just knowing she knows I'm there. But if she's giving me that look, if she's watching how I'm responding... I might not like how I'm responding, but what I'm really enjoying is that I'm proving to her I can do it, but I think that's some kind of a way, a way she's twisting it so that I'm doing what she wants to do, but I'm, I'm really doing better because she's watching me, she's with me, and I'm like, there's no way I can spin this when she sees it. If we would realize he is with us, he is right here, and... We stopped trying to spin it to God. But God, it would have been better if you would have sent lightning and showed them I was right. And God, it would have been better if this would have worked this way. And God, if you'd got with the program and instead realized that he's with us and he's walking before us and he will take care of us. He, the Bible says he's in front of us, he's behind us, he's all around us. And if we'll just trust God, everything's going to work out for our good. It might not go the way we want it to, but it's going to go somewhere for our good. And when we get there, we can say, God, you know what? I kept in mind that you were with me and I honored your name along the way.
If we could just realize the importance of knowing God is with us. Matthew 1.23 says that the virgin shall conceive. You shall call him uh, uh, Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's the first description Matthew gives about Jesus. He says, I want you to know he's a God that's going to be with you. Do you know what the very last description of Jesus that Matthew gives is? Matthew 28.20, for I will be with you. That's what we have to get if we start realizing he's with us. I've told you about my mother's ability to, to in the spirit world. I don't know how she did things, but my mom, one time, she, she, she said, now, boys, y'all are staying home. Watch your little brother, and, and, and whatever you do. I don't know why she said, she said, don't watch this on TV. And it was just a sitcom, and we thought it was funny, and she said, don't watch this on TV. If mom was home, we would not have watched that on TV. But mom's not going to be home until after it's over. So mom wasn't with us. And so, I'm telling you, we, we were a little nervous, but we flipped the TV on and we laughed and we, we watched this show. And, I, and many of us probably grew up watching that show, but we laughed and we watched that show. And I'm telling you, as soon as my mom got home, she's walking. Now, it, it, listen, if you've got a Holy Ghost filled mama, I pray for you. But she's walking in through the house, and, and my mom gets about to the door of the kitchen, and her left hand went. I'm like, what in the world? She backed up, and I realized she's pointing at the TV. And she said, you watched that show, didn't you? And like any good little brother, I said, Scott, put it on there! And we were in trouble. Because we thought we could get by with something when she wasn't there that we couldn't get by with when she was there. If we'd realize he's with us, we'd stop trying to get by with things because he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. He's for us. He's there. And he's good. So there's incredible implications in our life when we understand that God is with us. One of the most powerful, most beautiful comes from a verse that, that cults like to show up and try to manipulate around you. It's John chapter 1, verse number 1 says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with. The Word was what? With what? With God, and the Word was. The Word was God. And so they'll show up, many of them have a little white shirt, a little black tie, and they'll knock on the door and tell you that God was a man and all these kind of things, and, and they'll tell you all of these lies, and, and they've got their little name tags just, just sitting there, and, and they're going to tell you that, that God had two sons. No, 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 God had only one begotten son. And listen to me carefully. And the Bible says he was with and was God. And this is very important. Because the reason it's so important for us to get this is the word with here is the Greek word prosa. Prosa. And prosa indicates a personal relationship between equals. So when the word says that the, that the word Jesus was prosa God and was God, he was not beneath, nor below, nor somehow estranged to. It's saying that the Word was prosa. The Word was almighty. 
The Word was God Almighty. The Word was equal to. The Word was the full force of the Godhead, that He was God. You're going, Pastor Don, what does this have to do with anything I'm going through with in my life? I want you to get this for a moment. It doesn't mean that He was somehow some later creation, because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was equal to. It was, was God, was the power of God, the presence of God, and He was prosa with God. And so we understand that he's equal to. He is the incarnate power of the living God. That there is nothing that the Father can speak that the Son cannot act upon. Do you understand that? That they are equals, they are connected. He was prosa. But when Emmanuel comes into place that says God is with us, he's not prosa, he's meta. And meta means that he indicates something in common with. In other words, he understands what you're feeling. He knows what you're going through. If you own a business, you don't have to somebody to explain to you what tough work is. Or if you work in, in some uh, many, many, many hours, you don't have to have somebody tell you what it's like to work overtime. Or if you've got a child, you understand what it's like to raise a child. You see why? Because you have something in common with them. So, now watch this. My favorite story that puts this meta in place comes out of the Old Testament. And there's these 30 guys who all want to be David, King David's new bodyguard. And they're all sitting there, and you imagine this. They're, they're on a job interview, and they're like, I got you back, King. Now, who, who got you that water when you were thirsty? Come on now, King. Remember this. I'm good, King. And all of a sudden, he walks by, and the Bible says that among the 30, there were three really qualified candidates. And he, he walks by the three, and they're looking at him going, oh, everybody knows the job's mine. And he walks past the three. And when he walks past the three, all of a sudden, people go, well, maybe there's a chance for there to be a fourth in promotion now. And as he walks past them, he comes to a man, and he stops. And he's not the man most of them would have picked, but it's a man by the name of Benaiah. And he comes to a man by the name of Benaiah, and he looks at him, and suddenly he goes media with him. And what I mean by that is this. The Bible gives us this description about Benaiah. It says that Benaiah was a man who on a snowy day went down into a pit and fought a... Lion. Are you with me? He was a man who was known to go down. I'm going to tell you, I don't want to go into a pit on a non-snowy day. But on a snowy day, he goes down into a pit and he grabs hold of a lion and he kills a lion. Can I tell you what happens to you when you go into a pit on a snowy day and you fight a lion? You come out scarred. You come out with scars on your body, and, and so Benaiah's standing there, and as he's in his job interview, suddenly King David stands in front of him, and he says, I think Benaiah will do. And people are looking, why Benaiah? Because then all of a sudden they realize something. Benaiah's got a lion scar here and a lion scar here, and they see David roll up his sleeve, and he's remembering being a shepherd boy who went out to take care of the sheep when a lion came into the field, and the Bible says he he grabbed hold of the lion and slew him. And all of a sudden, David rolls up his sleeve and he compares his scars with the scars, watch this, with the scars of Benaiah. And he says, I know who you are because I bear similar scars with you. That is media. So in other words, Jesus comes, the, pro, uh, the prosa God comes to walk with us. Let me, let me just say it maybe like this. The almighty God who has nothing that can stop him. There's nothing that can hinder him. There's nothing that can hold him back. The God who says, come what may, I'll be there with you, comes down and he goes media with us. 
In other words, he looks at you, and that's why Isaiah said this. He was wounded for your transgressions and bruised for your iniquities, and by his stripes, by his scars, you are healed. So in other words, Jesus comes along, and you go, nobody knows what I feel. And Jesus comes along as prosa God and shows you, I bear the same scars. I bear the same pain. I know what you feel, and I'm here for you. I got your back, and I'm never leaving, and I'm going to bring you through. Why don't you give a prosa God who win many with us a praise? Why don't you give him a praise like he deserves? Amen. He said, I'm here. I'm here. You can't scare me away. You can't run me away, and you can't shake me. I, I am here with you. Amen. God is good. So when we know that he is media with us, it has certain implications. Let me hurry with these. It means, it translates, God with us translates to courage in us. Courage in us. This is the best example I can give you of this. Please don't pick on me too much about this because I might call you out too. I'll just say it to everybody listening, everybody watching, everybody here. I am a mama's boy. I'll say it again. I'm a mama's boy. Did you want me to just hear me say that again? Who said, huh? Come on now. My mama, to this day, if I'm not feeling good, the first thing out of her mouth is, what you need, baby? It... What you want mama to cook you, baby? She knows my love language. Come on, amen. And if something goes wrong with me, listen to me now. I guarantee you my mom would be at my hospital bed today going, you are my sunshine. Because I'm a mama's boy. So I was 12 years old, and I'm out and my, playing with my dog and and, and there was some old wire that had gotten laid down. Actually, it was in the neighbor's yard. And, and I'm trying to move the dog back into our yard. And, and I tripped over that wire. And when I did, I broke my left wrist. I broke it like this. And so I'm passing out about every five steps. And mom comes, gets me, and takes me to the emergency room. And they're like, you've broken your wrist pretty severely. And so I'm like, okay. And so they said, well, there's nothing really we can do. It's like late Saturday evening. Uh, the orthopedic will be in Monday morning. You have an appointment, you know, first thing Monday morning. And, and so uh, you be there. And so mom's like, okay, we'll be there. But what mom didn't tell me is, you see, mom would, would pet me and, and I could cry. It was that mama had to work on Monday morning. So daddy came and took off work. And daddy took me to the orthopedic. Now, I didn't want daddy to take me to the or orthopedic. I wanted mama. But daddy took me. Now, you got to understand something about my dad. I love my dad. He's a great man, righteous man of God. We probably grew much closer as I reached adulthood than I did as a boy. Uh, my parents had a unique relationship. They, uh, they loved each other dearly, but their families lived far apart. Mom would take me on holidays and go to her family's. He'd take Scott and go to his family's, and sometimes we'd meet back in the middle. You know, and It was just a kind of a unique situation. And so Drew wasn't here yet. And, and so at that time, 
dad's taking me. And all I know about dad is I want to, I want him to know I'm strong like he is. I want him to see I'm strong like him. So they take me and they lay me on that. And I'm just, just prepare yourself. This is not pretty. They lay me on that, that bed and they, they look at the things. And they say, yes, young man, we're going to have to, uh, set this now. And I'm like, okay. And, and I'm looking at dad and I'm like, this is good, you know, and spend a little time with dad. And, and then they said, we're going to have to take it broke like this and we're going to have to move it like this. But they didn't tell me that move it like this part before they grabbed it and went <laughs> and broke it the other way. In a split second, two things went through my mind. Ah! And dad's in the room. And I locked down my jaw. And not a tear left my eyes. And I sat, I laid there as they set that arm as stoic as possible. And I'll never forget, I didn't tell this to the service, I'll never forget uh, um, my dad telling folks, you should have seen my son, how brave he was. How brave he was. I'm thinking back now, I was only brave because daddy was there. If mama was there, they'd had to tie me to the table. <laughs> but you see, I wanted to mirror what I saw in my father. I wanted to mirror the strength I saw in my dad, so I sucked it up, and I pressed on. And guess what? I survived. And it really wasn't that bad, because I was mirroring my heavenly father through my earthly father. You see, when you realize God's with you, you stand up a little stronger. And you make up your mind, you might come to me with spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord because he's with me. He's got me. And you don't realize it, but you're mirroring him and courage arises where normally there would have been terror. That's the other thing God with us translates to fear is gone from us. How do we make it through? People said to me, how do you go there? How do you go to that place? And I'm like, I feel safer on the streets of Lima, Peru in the middle of the night knowing I'm there because God told me to be there than if I were laying at home out of God's will. Psalms 23 and 4 says it this way. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because why? You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Isaiah chapter 41 verse number 10 says it this way. Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my right, with my righteous right hand. God is with us. God with us translates to his support of us. That God's got us. He's put us in his hand. And if God is with us, I'm going to make it through. But here's the problem. We feel more like the psalmist who says, God, where are you? I've sought for you and I can't find you. 
Why do the wicked flourish? And we look for God. Because we're looking for God, and what we're doing is trying to tell Him what His presence must be in our life. And God says, no, 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 no. I'm not here for you to tell me what you want me to do. I'm here to help you do what I've called you to do. Several years ago now, we did a business deal and we were trying to get some property for our church here and we built something that was amazing. Two years worth of hard work and effort and blood, sweat and tears. And Right before we were done, there was a conflict in the, in the contracts and, and there were some unethical things that were happening. And so we, we literally just lost all of that energy and all that effort. Not any finance anymore, but, but all the energy and all the effort and all the time. And, and I, I, what I really wanted, I'm just going to be honest with you, is I, I wanted the place to fail. I wanted what, what we created it to do, and it was, a, it was an assisted living home. When I, I wanted it to, to fail, and I wanted it to, I, wanted it, I was like, Lord, send a, send, send a plague of termites. Just something that shows that they did us wrong. And then I, I, I realized something. Though I might not be the one doing it, what we created it for was still happening. Senior citizens still had three times as much space as they had in the average assisted living home. Their prices were still lower than the average price. Everything we had wanted was being accomplished. It just didn't get to get to, to be done by us. And, and so as I'm dealing with that, I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm like, God, what are you trying to say to me? And then I realized something as one of the greatest opportunities of our lives opened up, that what I had learned in that was exactly what I needed to know for this. And by learning through that, I was able to step into this. And I'm like, Lord, you, might, you may not have done what I wanted you to do, but look what you did. Look what you accomplished because you were with us and you were taking us somewhere. And Lord, you were right there beside me even when you weren't doing what I wanted you to do. And Lord, I thank you that you had more in store than I could ask, think, or even begin to imagine because God, you being with me, tells me it's going to work out. No matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, it's going to work out for my good. Some of you go, Pastor Don, I don't know where he is. Jacob, running from his brother. His brother wants to kill him because he stole his birthright, our blessing, birthright and blessing, and he wants to kill him, and he ends up in this place, and he says, God's not even with me. Nobody knows where I am. And the Bible says God appears to him in a dream and says, watch this, he says, I am with you, and I'll be with you until the ends of the earth. I, I, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to prosper you. And so God tells Jacob, everything's going to be all right. And Jacob wakes up from the dream. And do you remember what he says? Here's what he says. He says, surely this is Bethel, the house of God. God is here, and I didn't even know it. I don't know what you're going through. And I don't know how dark the night is. And I don't know how rough the hour is. But this I do know. You may not know that he's there, but he's there. And he's working for your good. And he's got your back. And he's walking with you. And he's bringing you through. Because we don't worship, and we don't need to celebrate this time of year a God who is distant, but we celebrate a king who is right here with us. Stand with me if you would today. Let me close with two statements by two better preachers. John Wesley, 
founder of the Methodist Church, the Pentecostal movement, said these words, May 2nd, 1791, as he lay passing away, surrounded by his friends. These were his final words. Farewell, friends. But best of all, God is with us. God is with us. In other words, I'll see you on the other side. But remember, God is with us. He didn't say God is with you. Because even death itself cannot separate us from the love of God. If I go to the highest mountains, descend to the lowest valleys, if I go to hell itself, nothing shall separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And finally, an 18-year-old boy was called from the swamps of England to pastor the greatest church in the nation. He would preach seven days a week, sometimes 13 times a day. His name was Charles Spurgeon. Here is his words on the matter. Whatever is possible, or whatever is impossible, Christians can do at God's command. For God is with us. Do you not see that the word God with us, the phrase God with us puts impossibility out of all existence? Hearts that can never be broken will be broken if God is with us. Errors which can never be confuted can be overthrown by God with us. Things impossible with men are possible with God who is with us. You are not alone. You are not forsaken. And he is working for your good. Bow your heads with me. A prosa God is media with you. A prosa God is right here, right beside you, right now. If you're saying, Pastor Don, I need God to show his presence. I need him to help me see. Can I just see your hand if that's you? Literally hands all over this room. Thank you. Put those down. God is present. And God is able. God is faithful and God is good. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I, I want God to be with me, but I've never invited him to be with me. Maybe, maybe you're watching, maybe you're listening, and you say, I have never really invited God to be with me. I, I've wanted him to give me a, a, a destination, but I've never invited him on the journey. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. I, I've never taken a moment to know him as my Emmanuel, God with me. And if that's you today with everybody praying, nobody looking around, and you say, today's the day. I didn't embarrass the others that raised their hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. But today's the day you want to surrender and ask God to walk with you in your life as your Savior. Can I see your hand right where you are? Would you hold it up high right there where you are so I can see it? Thank you. Are there others? Quickly. This is your moment. This is your time. This is it. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for those at this point of rededication this morning. I thank you for those that you're touching and you're moving in their lives. I thank you, Father, for those who said, I need you to reveal your presence to me. This is my hope today, Father, that we leave this place with this reminder that we are not alone, that you walk with us and you talk with us and you lead us along this way, that your favor goes before us, but the greatest joy we have is that you're right here and will always be. Speak to these, your children. 
For those that are facing bad news and bad moments, Father, I thank you that, that Emmanuel will manifest in their lives like never before. For those who just want a touch of God, I thank you that the touch of a present Savior is going to begin to consume them with each waking day. For Father, the fact that you are with us is the greatest joy of all. In Jesus' name, amen. How many are thankful for Jesus today? Why don't you give that kind of God a praise? Give him a praise, amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.